When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the 615 Sessions podcast here on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. We got Corey Curtis, WKRN News 2. We got Joe Rex Road, a.k.a. Sex Road, hanging out with Whoa. us in the, uh, in the bottom right there as soon as he free. <laughs> well, you don't like that? What happened? What happened there? Actually, well, I mean, I thought that that was just a, a joke between us before the show. I've been called. Well, oh, yeah. I won't even get into the third things I've been called. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, it can't. I mean, it can't be worse than sex road. Like, I feel like that's a great place for this podcast to start. I feel like there's a great name. In keeping with the podcast tradition. It's, like, it's, it's been a it's while. It's like he's a wrestler. Sex toad. <laughs> sex toad. How about that one? If people lick your back to get uh, hallucinogenic drugs. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like something yeah, Aaron Rodgers might be interested in. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers brings all his boys to Nashville just to lick Rex Rhodes back. Uh, well, in fact, we had to pull we had to pull Corey Curtis out of his own darkness retreat to uh, to do the podcast today. Yeah, but I don't know. It, if it same... appears he's been in there a while. He's <laughs> <laughs> radiating. So yes, we figured we uh, we'd do this. Uh, pre-darkness retreat, yeah. and then when we go into when we go into a darkness retreat after the fact, perhaps we'll emerge with Derek Carr as the Titans quarterback. Honestly, Corey, what like what yeah. do I do with all this quarterback nonsense? Like, what do I do with this today? Enjoy it. It's free. I mean, it's free programming, man. I mean, and I think the thing is, is it's real. You know that we don't know. We don't know. And there's a lot of teams right now that that don't know because there's. I think more teams are coming to the realization that we can't fake it anymore. The league is too pass-driven, and unless we've got a dude, we're behind the eight ball. And so having a guy who's who's okay is no longer palatable. And so there's people looking to get better at the position. And, you know, after watching the Rams and some teams be aggressive about it, I think teams are saying, you know what, we're, we're willing to take a shot to win a Super Bowl because if I don't win it, I'm, I'm going to be out of a job anyway. I mean, the clock—it's it, never been—it's uh, never been more accelerated for both quarterbacks and for coaches, Rex. But like, I mean, Derek Carr being the best available name on the free agent market—would we all say that's accurate now that Tom Brady's officially retired? Yes, and he's just a guy, right? <laughs> so. The idea that we're talking about him, or people are talking about him, reasonably as an option for Tennessee. It's no, it's a lateral move at best. And then, you know, if Ryan Tannehill gets offers on the market, given everybody else's quarterback shit show that they're currently dealing with, then that's another discussion entirely. But like the Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill thing, it's a non, it's a non-discussion. At least, at least tell me that you're rational enough to think that. I I think so. Um, Absolutely. I I don't understand why. I, I mean, Derek Carr is a little bit younger. I don't think he's any better than Ryan Tannehill. I, think I would pick Tannehill straight up and then Tannehill is already entrenched here and 
I mean, I think Mike Vrabel genuinely likes what he brings in terms of all the intangibles to the position. Um, so I don't, I, I don't think that's going to be anything. Uh, to me, it's Aaron Rodgers. If you want to, hey, you may as well see what's up with that after he emerges. Uh, and uh, and it's it's absolutely examine the draft prospects very closely because you could possibly do that this year and then there's Tannehill. I don't see how it's how it would be anybody else with serious consideration. Am I the only one underwhelmed by Aaron Rodgers level of play this year? I mean, I mean, we're all talking about no. Aaron Rodgers like he's Aaron Rodgers from 5 years ago. He's not, guys. He's not. He doesn't win big games anymore. I mean, he's underachieved in the playoffs for two decades virtually now. And and, and you're talking about selling out to bring in a guy who couldn't achieve with Devonte Adams and company in green Bay when it counted. Well, he achieved though. I mean, in the playoffs, you're right. They did not get it done. And, and that's fair. Now this were like last year years removed from his last super bowl, Joe, right. I mean, it's I been understand. a long time and they've had really good teams. They and have, just before I mean, Joe, you respond like Patrick Mahomes just won a Super Bowl with the cast off from Aaron Rodgers Packers team. Like MVS is out there, Super Bowl champion with Patrick Mahomes, not Aaron Rodgers. For the record, I would take Patrick Mahomes over Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, I understand that. I hear you, but I also think this year you're talking about the broken thumb or whatever. You're talking about awful receivers, and then Watson comes on. I. Maybe I'm just mesmerized still by the arm talent, but I, mean, I can still you think say he... that we saw terrible throws from him this year. Terrible. But like I, in the I, Titans game, for example, there's no question that the thumb was a yeah, factor in that, yeah, right? Okay, sure. But you know what? He's getting older. He's not getting younger. And in generally, unless they're Tom Brady, they don't get better. And I can safely say that I don't think Aaron Rodgers is getting better at this point. I think he's getting worse. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't disagree. Um, and still, if you say, I just said straight up Tannehill, Derek Carr, give me Tannehill, Aaron Rodgers, straight up. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go with well, not, not for 50 Iowa million. Boy. I'm not doing it for 50 million. Well, no, I'm not sure. I mean, there's, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to, it's going it. to hurt. Like to me, it's, I mean, the Aaron Rodgers discussion seriously is like, yeah, make a call and see what's up. You know, give me, give me Tannehill and T Higgins. Sure. I'll take that over Aaron Rodgers throwing to. I don't know, whatever he's going to throw to. Well, and at this point, like the, the car conversation, and I will just play the clip since I have it here handy. Ian Rappaport on the NFL Network talking about Derek Carr prior to his release yesterday um, and then bringing up the Titans in the same sentence. Here's the clip. Yeah, guaranteed a lot of money if he's on the Raiders roster by 4 1 p.m. today. Sources say he will not be. So he will not get the guaranteed money. He will get to be a free agent, and someone else is going to give him a lot of guaranteed money. So that's a little bit of a trade off there. Derek Carr expected to be one of the most coveted free agents out there and, and in a really interesting way because no other free agents, if you are not released, you can't talk to anyone right now. You got to wait to the start of the league year, at least until right before the start of the league year when everyone does the thing where they talk to each other but don't actually do deals because that would be illegal. Derek Carr gets to do all of that as soon as he is officially, officially released today. So he gets to get a jump on it. I would not expect a quick free agency here. I would expect multiple visits. And I would also keep in mind that the Saints really liked him. And there's some mutual interest there as well. So the Saints, the Titans uh, were brought up in particular. The Carolina Panthers were another team that mentioned as far as interest teams that would be interested in Derek Carr, this free agency process. But like 
if he's got his options, is he going to look at Tennessee and be like, yeah, that that's the thing that makes the most sense for me? And would the Titans really move Ryan Tannehill for Derek Carr? That it's just the neither of them, Rodgers or Carr, make much sense at all. Well, I'll tell you what, for me, for Derek Carr, um, the Jets and Saints make the most sense because you look if I'm Derek Carr and I see the weapons that the Jets have in place, uh, I'm excited to go throw to that. Now, you know, we can argue about their solutions um, on the offensive side of the coaching staff. But and, and then on, you know, the Saints side, you know, you still got Alvin Kamara down there and, and some young receivers like Chris Olave who who can play. Um, so there's some and he's got familiarity with the head coach. So those two cer- certainly seem to make the most sense. And also the Jets aren't in position to draft a quarterback again. So, you know, they've got players in place. They want somebody who's ready to go now. So I think the the they're going to be more aggressive towards bringing in a guy than the Titans would be in bringing in a guy like Derek Carr. Yeah, but to Buck's point, yeah, look, I don't – I mean, it's like this before Brady retired, you know, like we were talking about the same stuff. It's like, so why – I understand these buddies of Vrabel, they can go, like, have some bourbon at the Derby mm-hmm. this year uh, anyway. You know, like, does that mean he wants to come here for that offensive line? Yes, they're going to try to fix the offensive line. But right now – you know it's an offensive line that needs drastic measures, mm-hmm. and you got one rookie who looks like he could be pretty good receiver. I mean, I, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and a and a, and a good looking rookie tight end. I I don't uh, I don't see how that's all that appealing. And I when you talk about even Saints Jets, I hear I think you're dead on Corey with the Jets analysis. But I also, if I'm Derek Carr, I kind of look at the NFC versus the AFC and say. I'm going to have free access to the playoffs just by winning that crap division with the Saints. And then, boy, mm-hmm. I look around the other quarterbacks in the NFC. I, I, I like how I stack up a lot better there. Yeah, Buddy, I, think about it. I, I I could make the argument if, if you know, Corey, we, we talked about Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers will get benefit of the doubt because of who he is and how many MVPs he's won and all these things. But, like, you can legitimately make an argument for Jalen Hurts being just as good in that conference right now. And it's really the two of them alone. There's no Tom Brady. The NFC South is a shit show. Kyle Trask is the most certain quarterback situation in the NFC South right now, which I think opens up the conversation, guys, about Tannehill that I want to have and and trade partners potentially for him because that Tom Brady retiring is such a big domino for a variety of different reasons. But we get into that here in just a second. I got to tell people quickly about Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford presents the podcast. They make the 615 sessions possible. They also go above and beyond to make sure that you experience the car buying process as fast, easy, and fun. They got 2023 model year Fords available right now at the dealership in Mount Juliet. So go to Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. Um, Tannehill as a trade option for Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Joe, I. Corey made the the case for the Jets earlier, specifically around Carr. I think that Same the thing. Jet, as a contingency plan, if they go all in for Aaron Rodgers, they have the money to pay that dude. But if they miss Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill is the best option available to them. I think on the free agent market right now or not. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, before absolutely, I, I've thought about the Tannehill trade to the Jets uh, potentially. Um, and I, and if I were the Jets, I would be very interested. I, I, Corey, you mentioned the uh, coaching situation with the Jets. I wonder what Tannehill would say. Hey, uh, hey Todd, Todd, it's great to be with you again, buddy. By, by the way, I saw that Tannehill's been sacked a hundred plus more times than Derek Carr in his career. So you think he'd be excited to see Keith Carter again? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's just like I just somebody, somebody make that make sense to me. Like, what the hell is Robert Sala doing? Respectfully, like I, Keith Carter got a got a, a crap deal this year. Like, I honestly think that yeah. Keith Carter. He had a handful of threes, fours, and sevens. I mean, would, would have been, would, would have been a, a stretch for even the greatest offensive line coach in the history of the NFL. But like the the Jets hiring both of them to to try and fix their offensive coaching. Staff. Two guys from the worst offense in the league. Oof. Well, yeah. Look, the, the Keith Carter thing, though. I mean, that guy just in his time in Nashville, he was the biggest idiot in Nashville. Need to be fired, and then, oh my God, look what this genius has done with yeah. this offense. Two years ago, yep. they had like the be- the third best offense in the NFL, and their offense. And now he's now he's an idiot again. So, well, I, I, but the thing that struck me about Keith Carter was Dennis Daly will make a lot of people dumb. He's one. He's the one coach that Mike Vrabel actually kind of took a shot at. He did. And that, and I'm, you know, Vrabel has been very protective of all of his coaches, good, bad, or whatever. And for him to to take a shot at Keith Carter, I was like, that that was kind of telling. So let's flesh that out a little bit. Uh, can maybe you know, even if it's paraphrasing for the audience, no. what what did Mike Vrabel say about Keith Carter? He, he he said, now we will be certain that the offensive line coach, run game coordinator, will be in in sync with the offensive coordinator was it was along those lines and he also it, followed up by saying you know first time through basically like mm-hmm. almost like a mea culpa I'm you make mistakes him, first time. yeah well he had very little experience coaching offensive linemen and as buck said there were times where he had a, a lot of success i mean you know doing things and so you know i was very skeptical when he got hired and was vocal about it and later said looks like i was wrong because he was doing a good job. And, and I agree. Like, I mean, last year, I don't know if Munch could have put that together with 50 rolls of duct tape. No. And so, uh, I know that, uh, that Jace, Jason hoteling who they've hired to replace Keith Carter, um, has been, you know, the best interview in the history of Mike Vrabel interviews or whatever. And immediately when Mike said that, I thought of Isaiah Wilson and a big jolly chuckle. And how that was a selling point in an interview. <laughs> makes me think of, of Isaiah Wilson's mom throwing his girlfriend off his lap. There's a whole domino Isaiah Wilson's career. It makes me wonder if hoteling handed him like a carton of Paul Malls or something. And like, wow. <laughs> no, he's the one who supplies him all the candles for his office. <laughs> he's he's modernized, boys. I hear he's got a vape pen. Anyway. <laughs> I, <laughs> the cat in Miami's vaping on the sideline. Uh, <laughs> well, and in Florida, that may not be a vape. Uh, my... <laughs> My larger point about Ryan Tannehill, the only way that Ryan Tannehill is not quarterbacking this team in 2023 is because something consequential has happened, whether that be a trade up, whether that be Aaron Rodgers, like something pretty ground shaking would have to happen. Yeah, I agree. For Ryan Tannehill to not be under center this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's, it's the decision that we're that you know if you're the Titans we're going to go in a totally different direction because as we talked about here Derek Carr even if he's better it's it's not better enough to to make the move i mean it's it, it, it you know we say how many wins is it the difference of maybe like 0.1 0.2 it's it's not going to move the earth for you but if you want to go to the young guy and you know save yourself the cap space and you think this is the guy for the next 10 years or you want to go all in on the darkness retreat um you can do that you can do that but i agree that to to part ways from Tannehill for one of these other guys who's just Tannehill with dark hair and shorter is ridiculous 86% Tannehill uh as of now is my number and most of the 14% is 
yeah, falling in love with one of these quarterbacks mm-hmm. that they are evaluating now, and they're going to learn more about, you know, in, in the next few weeks. I mean, that's uh, from I mean, that, that's that to me that's where I mean, look, Bryce Young. I I think Bryce Young might be a great quarterback in the NFL. I understand he's slight and he's short. He and Buck are the same weight now. It's awesome. (laughs) You're the same weight as Bryce Young? Well, uh, his reported weight is 195, and I'm 196 right now. Congratulations, Buck. Thank you. Good job, Buck. That's 52 pounds down, boys. We're feeling good. My goodness. That's like an eight-year-old. That's almost freakish. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, yeah, look, if they – if it's that's the answer to me that's the only real alternative to mm-hmm. me is okay from 11 we can actually get there mm-hmm. and even to get to i don't know to get to one well what sure would I mean, take, what would it take to get to one they would have to get to one the rams got to, to one get Bryce the Young, yes. they went 15 to one so you, you can get there you just have to be willing to pay the price but maybe the guy they like isn't one right Okay, Um, because look at Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs absolutely loved him, had to have him. Their scouts said generational talent, but they didn't have to go to one to get him. What was he, like 11? 10. 10. 10. Got him at 10. They only had to go to 10. So, you know, look, I I don't know if it's Levis or Stroud or or whoever. And and then you got to know where the other guys are going to go. You might be able to do it at four. Who knows? Well, uh, that's the thing. Like, we – because not only are you talking about then in a potential trade-up situation, whether it's to one, to four, or otherwise, like mm-hmm. you're now talking about trying to trying to sabotage one of your two AFC South competitors that is also going to be in the market for a top-five quarterback and is currently picking both of them in the top five, the Texans at two and the Colts at four uh, right now. So it, it, would, it would go, one, you could get potentially a – quarterback with a much higher ceiling than what you're dealing with with Malik Willis you would have to move Tannehill I would think before the draft to have enough capital to go up and and get one of these guys because right now you're only dealing with six draft picks unless you moved somebody more substantial on a more team-friendly deal which this franchise has just done recently and not not necessarily received well so if they got into a if they you know if things started sour with Jeff Simmons knock on wood what would happen then but um, I think that I think that all those things have to be taken into consideration. And, and ultimately, I think, you know, it, it, in a quarterback situation like this, with the contract being what it is with Tannehill, you almost have to go in favor of that guy as opposed to the field, whether the field is a draft pick, the field is, uh, you know, ayahuasca or the field is uh, Will Levis, which God almighty, my radio Joe. Would be what I, I wouldn't have to do anything else for three hours a day. Just I would say Will Levis, and then I would sit back and take phone calls. <laughs> I, yeah, I need Will Levis here, or at least an Indy. You know, <laughs> that would be a decent consolation prize. Uh, he's going. Uh, he's going to be fascinating. So we haven't uh, we haven't done a podcast since Tim Kelly got promoted, and they finalized mm-hmm. their coaching staff uh, to or yesterday officially. Well, not officially, reportedly. Albert Breer saying that Justin Outen is the last member of the Titans coaching staff, running back coach and run game coordinator to go along with a bunch of new coordinator positions and analyst positions as basically now 11 different pieces and parts have either been hired or shuffled around within Mike Vrabel's coaching staff. Uh, guys, I want to start with Tim Kelly. Um, one word to describe the hire uh, or the promotion, rather, of the next Titans OC. Corey? Predictable. Yep. Joe? Rational. 
Okay, flesh that out. Well, look, I, I think I think Tim Ke- the Tim Kelly is way less exciting to Titans fans because he had some involvement with a horrific offense last year, which I I can't put much on him. Um, I, I mean, I, I think the, the day he was hired or the day after he was hired, whenever we talked to Vrabel, it was like now we're all trying to Mike. Can you please tell us what did he do around the building? You know, um, but he's he was here associated with the offense, helping out in some way. I just, I, I'll even go, I defend Todd Downing probably more than a lot of people. When you have the personal limitations they had, show me the the genius who figures that out yeah, this year. Okay. I so I, I just, I think if Tim Kelly were coming here straight from Houston or been anywhere else or whatever, based on granted a small sample size, but still some, indication that he knows what the heck he's doing. I think even like Davis Mills with him and without him is kind of an interesting mm-hmm. uh, little tidbit for fans. So I, I think it's – and look, Mike Vrabel, I think another thing that fans have done here is they, they've taken they've, – they've got Mike Vrabel in this, this idea that he just wants to like mess around with his buddies, drink some beers, eat, you know, order some pizza and just, yeah, come on, guys. Arm I mean, wrestle. Yeah, like he hires people he knows because he thinks they're good. He probably uh, worked with some people he thinks suck, and he doesn't hire them. You know what I mean? So, like, having past working uh, relationship with someone for several years, I, everybody sees it as a negative. You know, the one mistake he's made is the guy he didn't have that really prior relationship with, which is Todd Downing. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I had one year here on staff, which is certainly that's a lot of information, but I, I just I don't have the problem with it that some people do. I absolutely would have been I would have been just like anybody else, more excited to talk about cover. And I would have uh, applauded bringing a Matt Nagy, somebody from outside for sure. And at some point, Vrabel you know, has to go outside of his his circle if he's going to be coaching this league long enough. But I, I really don't have a problem with this hire at all. Well, Buck, if I can expand on that as well. Sure. What, what do we know about Mike Vrabel in the past? Much more likely to blame the players than the coaches. And, and, and this goes along with the same lines of this. To him, his problem is not his philosophy with what he wants to do, which is run the ball and go after big plays on offense and then go after people on defense. The problem was he didn't have good enough players. Okay, And we saw that on defense, and we saw they brought in new players, and they got a hell of a lot better. And now we're going to see it on offense. Yes, they've shuffled the deck of the Titanic offensively with the coaching staff. There's not going to be a huge seismic shift with Tim Kelly as opposed to Todd Downing because it's still Mike Vrabel's offense. It wasn't Todd Downing's, and it's not Tim Kelly's. It's Mike Vrabel's. He's the head coach. And, you know, look, do I think Arthur Smith was smarter than Todd Downing? Heck yeah, I do. I do. But they also had better players then as well. And so if Tim Kelly gets better players, you know what? He's going to look like a darn genius because the Jimmys and Joes always more important than the X's and O's. And Mike Grable is a total believer in that. And so the guy who brought him the Jimmys and Joes is gone. And in his mind, that corrects a lot of the problem a lot more than his coaching staff. Well, and that's my thing. Like, it's just, it's going to be the same, it's going to be the same Titans offense with variations, right? It's about mm-hmm. tendencies of the coach calling the plays and and all these different things. Like, formationally, they're going to look the same. It's still going to be centered around Derrick Henry because... And maybe the ability to convince Vrabel of something. 
who's convincing <laughs> Michael what right now? Please, yeah. somebody tell me. Like, what, that... what, he, what we need to see from him is just a better feel for calling plays. Because Todd Downing wasn't good enough there. There's no doubt. He was yeah. not good enough. And, and no, it, it felt like one moment. feel in game, that makes a difference too. Which is what Mike cited in that Zoom with us, what, uh, a week ago yesterday, yeah. Uh, yeah. talking about Tim Kelly and the feel for the game and things like that. Because it felt like at least twice a game during a Todd Downing Titans tenure you were white knuckling it because he called a play that's a completion <laughs> to Traylon Burks that Traylon Burks decides to try and backward lateral as he's getting tackled to the ground in a game that that's was basically unbelievable a that was amazing it's that was one play I know it was awesome it was like Mike, Comanche Mike. from any given Sunday it was spectacular <laughs> Mike Vrabel knew that play was in there they practiced it all week I mean I you know I just so beyond Tim Kelly though, like so. Let's talk about the outside circle, right? Because he's worked with Charles London before. Charles London is now the quarterbacks coach and passing game coordinator. They add Chris Harris, who's now the defensive passing game coordinator. That's an outside entity and somebody yep. who's very well thought of. Was still interviewing for DC jobs while he was verbally committed to the Titans staff before they officially got him under contract. Better NIL deal. And then Outen, uh, Justin Outen from the Broncos, the former OC there, comes here as the run game coordinator, a new position on a Mike Vrabel staff, at least the first time that I can remember a run game coordinator, and also running backs coach. So is that enough of outside influence Will while still creating kind of the feeder system that Mike clearly likes to pull from in-house when he promotes a coordinator? Because all four coordinators that have come after Dean Pease and Matt LaFleur, who were on his initial staff, they've all four been promoted from within. Does this kind of accomplish both things, those external views or um, opinions, coupled with the idea that if Bowen were to go on and get a coordinated job or if Tim Ke- or a, a head coaching job or Tim Kelly goes somewhere else beyond this, he already has those replacements in place? Well, I think the Chris Harris hire, you know, you look at the defense, what's the one thing they really struggle to do? Cover people. And so, you know, you bring in somebody because the guys you had weren't getting it done, whether it be the players or the coaches or the combination of. So you're bringing in somebody from the outside. So I think I think defensively that satisfies it. You know, offensively, who knows? I, I, I still contend. You know, he even pounded the table. It's not all broken offensively in that presser. I honestly believe it's not broken. He believes the players were broken, but the system wasn't broken. Who's the who's the run game coordinator? On, the Outen. run game stopping coordinator on defense. Oh, I you know? By the way, did you see that Outen has more time as a high school coach than he has in the NFL? No, I did not. That's a but meteoric I, rise. That cat is bet, fast. I bet your Broncos fans are like, "What? Who? Someone <laughs> hired?" It's just like Titans fans are saying with the Jets hired Downing, right? Like, are you <laughs> kidding me? But seriously, these agents with these titles, can we stop with the stupid titles? Someone yeah. has to be a coordinator of something yep. in, in every freaking position coach job? Come on. Yeah, I think, I think I think the titles are as much for like the, the purposes of identifying a candidate when these cycles come around more than anything, right? Like that's why they're moving around Tony Dews well. and eh, pay structure matters for that. By the way, Amy, Amy's shelling out for yeah. all these different coordinators and yeah. analysts. Chris roles. Harris wasn't cheap. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So that that kind of stuff, it's all you know, it's all encompassing, and we'll have many, many more months to talk about this with Joe Rexroad of 1025 The Game in the Athletic and Corey Curtis of WKRN News Two. Boys, I appreciate the time as always. Thanks for hanging out, and I'm sure I'll bother you again for some more time later down the road. 
Hey, have a sandwich, Buck. <laughs> yeah, a sandwich, but with no bread. See you this guys. This is the oh. best show I've heard since 